0: Hello and welcome into to Big Ten Plus Four. Again, we are college sports with Midwest Perspective, blue collar and blue blood. I'm Dalton Shetler. That's Sam Sprunger. Sam, how are we doing today?
1: Um, I, I feel kind of uh, out of place, not having any live stuff going on right now, other than, you know, like baseball and stuff. Uh, You know, I, I do pay attention to that, but it's it's still not a, uh, a traditional uh, busy time of the year.
0: No, I mean, you're you're spot on. And and that's kind of the thing, too. We've had some discussions because mm-hmm. as we continue on here during the summer, I mean, we're we're hitting the dog days of summer. But we do have some different things that the Big Ten still involved with. Of course, the NFL draft, which is going to be a pretty big core of today's show, ABA mm-hmm. um, draft. We'll do some different feature things. We'll have some fun with some college stuff and uh, might even dabble a little bit into some other areas. But for the most part, I mean, we're, we're still uh, going pretty Big Ten heavy. <laughs> Um and and to your it
1: is in the name, so
0: correct. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of the part of the show, you know. So we're we're gonna continue on there. Um but to your point, I found myself last night. I was flipping through the TV and I was trying to find something. Even a baseball game. I was having a hard time finding an MLB game on my TV. There was no NBA with the play-in games. It's it's really kind of rough going from watching a Big Ten basketball game every single night of your life for five months. Or multiple.
1: Nothing. Yeah. Like more, multiple games. Yeah. It's no. like
0: cold turkey. I mean, this is <laughs> it's kind of hard.
1: <laughs> going through withdrawals, you know.
0: <laughs> and, and we talked about before, are you still following the MLB rather regularly or not so much?
1: Well, it's so hard. You know, that whole thing of they have such a long season that it's hard to pay attention to every game and and I get that and kind of what I do uh, anymore with you know the way you get older other things become more important you know and yep. so I'll I'll still pay attention if I've got time I I pay for the uh the MLB at bat app it's 20 okay. bucks a year and I get all audio from every game in the major leagues. So I do that for the Cubs so I can sit here and if I'm working, if I'm doing something that that doesn't require me to pay attention, uh, I, I listen to a lot more games on the radio than I do watch them.
0: Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. you might have sold me on that because I was sitting there in my yard the other day and I was like, I wish there was a way I could just listen to all the different like audio games. Oh, yeah. And, and it, there it's is
1: okay, $20, so I might $20 for, for one year and you get every audio. So if, if I get an alert that says there's a no hit bid in play, I can jump to that audio and listen to the radio call of it. It's pretty cool. And you can choose either team.
0: I like that. Okay, yeah, yeah I think you might have sold me on that. So, of course, Hughes has... Do you has- need me to
1: talk for a few minutes so you can sign up for it <laughs> <Yeah>. right now?
0: <laughs> I need to. Hughes has to be your favorite guy, right? You being a oh. Cubs fan, Hughes has to be the favorite.
1: Well, and here, here's the thing. yeah, He absolutely is. And and here's the, an, another reason. It's not just uh, that he's the Cubs, but he tells the story of the game. He doesn't he's just good. say, there's a pitch outside. He'll, he'll reminisce. He'll pull up information. Now, granted, I know he's got people in his ears, but he has to prep, prep that, mm-hmm. you know, and and throw that out there to where, you know, his people do his searching and find the exact details or whatever. But he tells such a great story along with uh telling you what's happening during the game. Uh, one of my favorite things is he describes the uniforms. He paints the picture for you. Granted, now it's sponsored. But he's been doing that for years. He'll tell the story. He, the Cubs are wearing their blue blue tops and gray trousers, you know, and, and he describes it so you know what that team looks like on the field. It's great. I love it.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the best. I mean, especially with Vin Scully not doing Dodgers games anymore, like right. Hughes might be at that very top spot when it goes across. Well,
1: and and I tell you what, Vin Scully was amazing. Uh, his voice is very distinct. So you knew it was Vin Scully, and he did very similar. Uh, his storytelling. Yeah, yeah, his
0: storytelling was top notch.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great.
0: Well, and then let's get this, too, because we do have some big thing, things to, to get to here in just a moment. But mm-hmm. I, I mentioned I was looking at the TV. I couldn't find a baseball game to watch last night. I couldn't also find a playoff NBA game because, of course, the playoffs are started. Um, the play in games. Close. Yeah. Well the like the, play- the
1: NCAA tournament anymore now.
0: The first four basically. And mm-hmm. and so you you have those games happening Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think they have another game of the play-ins before we get into it all this mm-hmm. weekend, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. Um they've got to establish the 8 seed in both conferences.
0: What do you think about the play-in? Hate it, love it?
1: I don't pay attention to the NBA until it Good gets enough. to the playoffs, and even then it's kind of in the way back in in my mind because you know, we've talked about, uh, I did that in the Sam Sentinel of how, you know, college basketball fans, uh, while we wish our stars well, unless you're a diehard NBA fan after that, you're not going to follow them much. You, yeah. You'll know who they are. You'll you'll probably, you know, maybe look up that player or whatever, but you're just, it, it, to me, once they go, that's why I want them to stay, you know, because <laughs> I can, then I can enjoy their their greatness for another year just because i don't follow the nba near as much
0: well and i suppose even though you don't follow the nba you can speak to if the play-in is a good idea bad idea on the on the principle of kind of what you mentioned that it has a bit of an ncaa tournament feel to it it's it's win and survive and advance It's lose go home which is awesome sort of right well now you also (laughs) have like 70 percent of the nba's teams now in the playoffs with this structure so like It Feels like it's a bit of a participation free for all, everybody's invited to the playoffs, but you're also getting the elimination game factor, so there's pros and cons. Do you pick a side there?
1: Let's say it this way um, to give it more of an excitement, winning your or losing your done type feel, that that makes it better, I guess, because you know, you don't get those uh, lose. Or you're done until game sevens or elimination games in the series. And it's just one of those that it's, eh, eh, you know, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if it's three, nothing, you know, that's an elimination game. And it's, if it's three, nothing, there's maybe a chance that you're going to win one, maybe two, but you're not going to win the series, you know? So, and so I don't mind it. It makes it a little bit better. Uh, if I were following it, I'm sure if I was a purist, I'd hate it. But if yep. you know, or but you know, yeah, yeah, okay. it brings a little bit more excitement to it. C-
0: can you be an NBA purist though? Like that's the it's the most progressive like <laughs> league there is. It feels like there's no tradition whatsoever, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're kind of
0: right. I, I mean you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're, everything's you're not rapidly wrong. changing.
1: So you're not wrong yeah. at all.
0: But anyways, we do have some other things to talk about with the Big Ten having an influence. Uh, The NFL Draft is coming up here in a couple of weeks. We're going to be joined by a couple of different people throughout the summer. But coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the NFL Draft with one of our guests. Uh, But do want to start taking a look at what we're getting into with the NFL Draft. And we don't necessarily want to – we're not going to do the old, hey – Pick number one, who do you have, Sam? Pick two, no. who do you have? Like it's No. There are a billion <laughs> mock drafts out there, and there's a lot of draft conversations, but we wanted to highlight some of the top prospects. And really, I think it starts up front on the defensive side in the trenches for the Big Ten. Aiden Hutchinson is, shows to be the best player available, and he's expected to be the top Big Ten player selected. Of course, the defensive end from Michigan. Some people got him at number two uh some have flipped flirted with him at number one but for the Mm -hmm. most part he's sitting kind of around number two um this is somebody sam and i'm curious kind of what you think but michigan finally gets over the hump they they end the drought 17 years without a big 10 title they get that win They, they kind of get the monkey off the back aiden hutchinson when talking with people around the michigan program not only was he just terrorizing quarterbacks and and just a menace there in the right, trench right. And, and in games? But he was a leader who really changed the culture. And that's what everybody says. They say, this guy came into the, the, the weight room and he told the coaches, look, break me. Like, just give me everything you have and meant it. And he poured it all out there when he was hurt. He was still on the field, just as energetic leading the team. Like this is a guy that you would want in your locker room. Aiden Hutchinson
1: is, is, I mean, is this an NFL coach's dream player seriously? Because he's one that knows what it's going to take to, to, you know, to become successful. He stayed for his last year in order to win the big 10 and they did it. And he, he, he made that a point when he said he was coming back. He said, you know, we want to win. I want to win the, the, the conference. And when he came back, he would have been a, a, probably a top 10 draft pick at that point last year, he came back for that. And now he's considered one, if not the best talent in, in the pool, one of the top three, I, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him any lower than number two or three. And that's, that's taken into consideration. And, you know, just as much as I do when it comes to the NFL draft, it's not always best player. I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. Uh, it's not always best people, uh, best player available unless you have so many holes that the best player available will fill one of those. It's need. Right. It's draft by need. So he might go three. He might drop to three or, or so. I don't think he will, but he could. And it just is because the team's prior saw more need uh, elsewhere.
0: Well, and the the beauty is the Lions have picked number two. Right, right? right. Like those are a lot of teams with a lot of holes. So that like poor man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but he had 14 sacks last year. I mean, when we talk about what he did last season, it was it was very impactful. And I, I've talked with him before, like to your point about being a coach's dream, the guy is a stand up just young man. Mm-hmm. really speaks well he's mm-hmm. you know what i mean he carries mm-hmm. a lot of the the intangibles you look for it's
1: definitely something that's missed in in pro sports now are well spoken people in their positions and and i don't mean that as a slight to those that that can't talk eloquently i'm just saying it's well spoken in in saying you know the right trigger things but yet meaning it yeah you know i mean he just he exudes to me what a coach would absolutely want as a, from a player,
0: and then of course he had teammate David Ojabo who really made mm-hmm. for that one-two punch there in Ann Arbor. But Ojabo got hurt during the pro day at Michigan, so now his stock falls a bit because he was going to be a, he was a surefire first-round draft pick. With that injury, we have to see what teams are willing to kind of take the the gamble. Just because it's always a gamble when you come out an injury like you are with David Ojabo.
1: Well, and and if he doesn't go in the first round it'll be because those teams that can afford to use a first round draft pick on someone like him recovering from an injury not guaranteed to be back for the full season uh it'll be because of you know those teams didn't see the the gamble worth it i guess Mm -hmm. um i don't think he's going to go in the top 15 like he was originally thought to go because those teams need to fill those holes now Yep. So if if it gets to the second round, then I think he goes probably pretty high in the second round because you can t- you can justify taking a second round pick or lower if he falls that far. I don't think he will. I think he's still just an amazing talent that those teams that n- will say, "Hey, we drafted in the first round for one of our big needs. Let's take him as a backup, or you know, to fill a need further down the road because he's gonna be a I'd be shocked if he's not an all-pro at some point.
0: Well, and and the thing is, this is completely apples to oranges, and I'm not comparing him for more reasons than just kind of the situation of coming out of college hurt. Mm-hmm. I I've I sensed a Jalen Smith vibe in terms yeah. of mm-hmm. yeah. you know the super promising talent gets hurt, falls in the draft, and and Jalen Smith has went on to to make a, a decent career. I, I think. I'm still not really sure. And I don't follow the NFL, I suppose, enough to know why the Cowboys let him go last year. Right. That was surprising to me. I'm not really sure what the the details or the answer was there. But nonetheless, I, I, I think you have somebody like that because Ojabo also played defensive end at Michigan. But at the NFL, his size might make him more of a linebacker. He's kind of one of those tweeners that the yeah. teams have to yeah. decide what to do
1: with. And you know that's also another thing is is you take into into consideration that well, can he make that transition seamlessly, and still produce the way he was expected to be as an end. If that's where, you know, if they move him back out to to the linebacker position, you've got to decide is he going to be as effective, and do we use a second round pick on? Him?
0: Two more guys in the trenches from the Big Ten want to highlight here before we take our our first. Uh, break at the end of the first quarter. Um,
1: Hey, We're almost (laughs) on time.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Usually Sam and I go about 40 minutes in the first half, 10 minutes in the second half, and it's really unbalanced. Um, More than what we can. (laughs) Let's head to West Lafayette, George Karloftis, the defensive end of the Boilermakers. This is somebody who's really climbing the charts uh, in the NFL draft for the next two
1: weeks. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'd always thought, you know, I've, I've watched my share of Purdue, you know, so I am, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Carl Loftus and, you know, he never really appeared to be in the top couple of rounds. I mean, he was always kind of a three, four round pick that they were, I'm seeing him as high as in late first round in yeah. some of the things that I've looked, which really says that, you know, he's done what it is taken to get, get teams to notice him. And he, and Boilermaker fans already know how, how fantastic he is. I mean, he's he's a leader, he's a go-getter, he is uh yeah, he has a lot of the characteristics that Aiden Hutchinson has, just maybe not with the talent that he's got, you know.
0: Yeah, and and for Karloftis, you're looking at somebody who had 10 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks last year, two fumble mm-hmm. recoveries, two forced fumbles. Um, and and keeping in mind here, like Hutchinson's numbers. When we read those to you, he also had Ojabo on the other side. So, like, right, offenses couldn't really pick where they wanted to go because, or they
1: did, and they they got bit by one side. Correct. They couldn't do both
0: with Purdue's defense. No disrespect Sam but it wasn't to the same level of what Michigan was putting out there. So oh, you no. could, yeah, you you highlighted Carl and said, okay, he's lined up here. Let's go here. Like you can mm-hmm. play away from from him, especially when you're a star like he was there. Um, Also, bring up uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Tyler Linderbaum at Iowa. Now, this is somebody you've highlighted in your your headlines before. But this is, they've talked about him being one of the best centers that the Big Ten has ever seen. And and let's be honest, offensive line, I don't know how to evaluate this. I, I just don't. I go off of what coaches say
1: yeah yeah I, I I sit there i've I've actually done it before, watched a football game and watched the lines for as long as I possibly could because you sit, sit there and think, oh well he's he's doing a great job keeping him away from the ball you know he's keeping his techniques yep. and stuff like that and then you're like, you know the announcers are just ripping him apart you know <laughs> like what are you talking about uh-huh. I, I do not know how to evaluate line. O line, D-line, well D-line, D line is a lot easier than the O line. Is. It is. Because it's his goal to get past or contain. You know Unless you know the offensive structure, it's really hard to tell whether or not the guys are doing what they're supposed to be on offense.
0: Well, and that's the thing too, right? Like you can you can evaluate technique from a defensive lineman, and I suppose you can from the offensive lineman too. But like sometimes you don't know if he's supposed to be pulling, if it's a right. screenplay. Like there's a lot Did that's
1: harder. Miss an assignment that we're not aware of. Yeah, yeah,
0: like it's it's a lot easier with defensive linemen. So no, it, but. What coaches say about Linderbaum is this guy is the real deal. So ex- expect him to be one of the first linemen off
1: the board. I'm completely surprised that I didn't re- you know, send you a text because I was reading. I don't even know who it was that I was reading, but they had him going in the third round and I almost had kittens because I'm like, how in the world do you say this? This guy is not going in the first early second round i mean like, <laughs> like how in the world a third round seriously you think you're getting linderbaum in the third no no way it would be a win if if somebody does i somebody mean that somebody is getting a steal <laughs> if they get him in the third round jeez i would i would personally call the bears and tell them <laughs> look give away what you can to get this guy in in your pick because you got- Come on!
0: Hey, you already did. You gave away Khalil Mack this offseason. Okay. <laughs> so, so you you ain't got much left in Chicago to give, is my point.
1: No, I'm saying picks. Uh, you gave away you gave three <laughs> first round you. picks for for Mack. Why not give seventeen of them away for Linderbaum, who's going to be an anchor?
0: I, I more or less was just hoping to soak in your misery as a Chicago Bears fan, but I don't think a I got Cubs this fan here. Remember okay good enough <laughs> yeah that's the last uh the champion team so that's that's the well, that, just bandwagon, sam a well, bandwagon well that
1: and they're the most recent championship team in in chicago but uh you gotta remember what i went up with or what put up with prior to that year so <laughs> i had to put up with everything nothing I, and nothing if nothing gets on my nerves when it comes to the the ribbing that people give me <laughs> call me callous. Call me what you will. It just doesn't bother me anymore.
0: <laughs> season
1: there season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like cast iron.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's get to the first quarter break. All right. We're going to pick back up with a little bit more big 10 talk here. Uh, some skill positions. Yes. Ohio state has many. Um, you look at receivers. Shocker. Yeah. No kidding. Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, the Buckeyes are going to be really well represented when it comes to wide receivers. They got some of the best that this draft has. Point blank, period.
1: Is there a better name than Chris Olave?
0: It is a good
1: one. It is <laughs> it just a good one. it just rolls off the tongue. It's nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but no, they're two. they are they're they're fantastic receivers. I mean, uh they both killed. Purdue, and I'm gonna do a lot of my referencing on that um, because what they do against my team is one. You know, if they stand out to me while while they're doing that, you know, they must be pretty good. Not that Purdue, you're doing it against Purdue, you must be good. It's just they're really that good, (laughs) right? And uh, uh, I'm shocked Olave has stuck around. I I don't. I thought last year he could have went, but he chose not to. And because he was, he was fantastic last year. He's my, he's my, my thought of the two receivers that he'll, he'll have the most impact immediately on a team mm-hmm. personally.
0: Oh, I, I think you're right. And of course for Ohio state, it just continues to reload. They still have Jackson Smith and Jigba there in Columbus.
1: The yep. one nice thing is though, I was looking at Purdue's schedule. They don't play Ohio state or Michigan or Michigan state next year.
0: <laughs> Who are their East Division games?
1: uh Penn State Week One, Maryland. Who else? And IU.
0: And IU. Wow, that's not a bad schedule for yeah. Purdue.
1: Yeah, it could set up nicely if they could just do something in the West.
0: Penn State's a little tough, of course, with Sean Clifford. But Although, I, I, mean, like, you're gonna...
1: I did see somebody said that uh they gave like ten biggest upsets per you know each week or whatever. Or or ten their ten biggest upsets according to each week or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact wording, but they said Purdue beats Penn State.
0: Interesting. And and Penn State It's week one. It's week
1: two. It's September third, but or week one, I guess. Yeah, week one.
0: Um, and Penn State has Jahan Dotson that's left the team. He's here Mm -hmm. in the draft. Jaquan Brisker, the safety, one of the best safeties you can find in the country. Not the best, but one of the better ones. Um so Penn State is losing a lot. They do get Clifford back, which is a big plus if he if he plays well. Um, but that's another conversation we'll be having soon, too, is taking Correct. a look at these teams with the spring football. I mean, right now, and, and I would be in the same spot I was last year, but Ohio State, you look at the talent. Last year, I would have said, well, that's, that's a lot of talent. That might just do it again for the fourth or right. fifth straight year. They get upset. But it, when you're looking at just on paper, it's hard to to not like Ohio State early again.
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those that sounds like a broken record. Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. You know, just it's gonna be that way. Most of it's been that way most of my life, if not all of it, and it, I don't see it stopping anytime soon either. It um, they well, don't it, rebuild, they reload. And
0: that's the thing, right? Like we're talking about, they lose these two first round wide receivers and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we still got Jackson Smith and jigboo just set the Rose Bowl record." Yeah, it's one
1: of those that you you know any other regular, and I'll use the air quotes there. Yeah, uh, program has that happen. They're decimated for at least two seasons because <laughs> that's a ton of catches and a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. And Ohio State's like, "Yeah, we got him." coming back uh-huh. and jig, buzz, I mean, that's why, that's what brought me up about Purdue is they don't play Ohio state. So <laughs> until the championship game of the big 10, if they were to get, to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at all saying that that's happening. I'm just saying that's the only time Purdue will play Ohio state.
0: Well, but let's, let's have this conversation later in the summer too, and maybe hint at it now, the West division
1: kind of wide open.
0: I mean, there's nobody I'm in love with looking over there. So
1: you we wouldn't have, be shocked at pretty much anybody other than maybe Northwestern? Or
0: Well, Northwestern's done it twice yeah, in, in three yeah, that's years. True, so,
1: that's, that's true.
0: And Northwestern has this trend lately where they're abysmal one year and then in the championship game the next year. Abysmal. Championship, abysmal chip. They just they were
1: abysmal. I was going to say they were pretty bad last year.
0: <laughs> so back to a championship game? I mean, we'll see what, what uh, Northwestern does if they keep well, the trend going.
1: Jumping back to the uh, the position players, the receivers, I have made this statement. I will continue to make this statement, and I doubt anybody will call me out on it because it, I've said within three, year, or three to five years, David Bell is going to be a stud in the NFL. Yep. because he runs great routes he's got good hands he does he's slow-ish but if you two out of three ain't bad to quote meatloaf you know if, if you've got the the other two and you have average speed i think you you still do great things and i just see david bell being a fantastic add to any core he's not going to be a number one i don't think but he he's going to be the one that takes away from number the, the coverage from number one, and he's still going to get his that's, that's my prediction about David Bell within three to five years.
0: And what he was doing last year with, without too much more help there in that receiving group. Mm -hmm. I mean, they Mm -hmm. did some different things in West Lafayette with like Jackson Anthrop and, and some different players that you could kind of gadget around in ways, but when David Bell was hurt and out, you saw how the 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 offense just was kind of stuck in the the dirt at times, just because there you was a two to three
1: guy. there was a two to three weeks stint, and I think it started with Minnesota, maybe or Minnesota was included. Purdue couldn't put any points on the board, mm-hmm. and that was why was your your receiver was out a couple of weeks, and it was just mm, it, it was uh-huh. so frustrating and. Yeah, I I I agree. They with him in it, they were you could pretty much score at will. I mean, and that's, you know, I'm referencing the Tennessee game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they were just and it wasn't ne- necessarily David Bell being the one catching it all, but he was available. He was there. And that pulled the defense away from the other receivers and stuff. So, yeah, I think he he was he's going to be a big spot to fill for Purdue.
0: And um, you look at Purdue's recent history with wide receivers. Rondale Moore went in the draft last year, had a great rookie season in Arizona. So, Mm -hmm. like, there is a path already built um, that David Bell can just kind of coast down into the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know how much of a big prediction that is. But, you know, with the receiver core outside of the Big Ten that's in this draft, you throw David Bell in there; he's not going to stand out as the best overall talent. He's not going to stand out as the best technique-wise. But what he, where he does rank in each of those, I think it just opens the door for him to be a really good, an excellent number two in in the NFL.
0: Let's have this conversation too, because we brought up Purdue and we brought up the West Division real quick yeah. here. In the West, you have Illinois, you have Iowa, you have Minnesota. Nebraska, Northwestern, Wisconsin, per- Purdue, and Wisconsin. Is there anybody that really should be the favorite? Is it just Wisconsin just because Wisconsin's name?
1: Yeah. At this point, yeah, I think because you you know just as much as I do when you get into a, a season, there's always going to be one team, or maybe even two teams, and in this case, per division, maybe. That just exceed what they were expected to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a few years back when Minnesota was ranked, got up to what number nine or number, you know, that yep. was unexpected that year. Correct. So, I mean, it was, it, you're going to have, I'm not saying, you know, Northwestern, Purdue or any of these teams are going to necessarily rank up that high but they're going to exceed what they're expected to do so i would say at this point yes i think wisconsin just because of their their history of getting to that point you know i mean iowa could be but i don't i don't know enough about their roster coming back the that makes me want to say yeah they're going to contend i mean they got to number two last year and lost Mm -hmm. you know to uh, unexplicably horribly to purdue at home you know that so you know, they were a flawed team to get up to number two. I don't know if they're any better. I don't know if they're worse. I just don't know. So I would say Wisconsin just by default right now anyways in the West. Okay,
0: Good enough. And and I don't really have much of a counter. I mean, a, a lot of this, too, still has to be kind of ironed out mm-hmm. over the next few weeks. And that's why we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about this throughout the summer as we get closer and understand. Did you know for the transfer portal for basketball, I took a look at this uh, this morning. There are now more than thirteen hundred players in the transfer portal for college basketball. Like that goes to show, like these rosters are kind of ever changing. So when we have these conversations, we don't have a great idea yet.
1: Right. Well, and and the transfer portal and it's not the exact same, but it's very similar to you know, in football than it is to basketball. And are they able to still add to their roster even like now? I if I they so choose. So. Yeah. It is the wild west, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, so so yeah i mean somebody gets hurt and maybe they take a flyer on somebody in the portal and then all of a sudden that person lights a fire under the rest of the team you, you just don't know Which your conversa- so, so far out still
0: a conversation i'd love to have at some point is with the transfer portal and how that changes everything because you remember the the conversation and the argument for it was oh well this would help the athletes this would be good for the athletes so let's like, for the players, let's do this. There are some, some counters to that. Of course, one is the very old-fashioned style argument that says, you know, you're you're not sticking things out. It's not really teaching you to push mm-hmm. your adversity, so on and so forth. That's kind of based on principle. But mm-hmm. then there's also the counter that says, look at high school athletes now. They're starting to skip their senior years. Well, and, and so many colleges are holding on to their scholarships because – why wouldn't you just get somebody who's already physically mature that's mm-hmm. played a couple of years of ball? Because chances are whatever high school kid you get, you're going to have to re-recruit them anyway in the transfer portal the next offseason. So why not just get the people who are ready right now physically and high school kids are being hurt in this process yeah. with the transfer portal.
1: Well, with so many in the transfer portal, then you're right. You've got a catalog of, okay, let's see. What can we pick from here? And it's, you've got this senior that's knocking it out of the park.
0: coaches he don't has, have to put an investment into you anymore yeah they go get what's ready now
1: mm-hmm. yeah and well I also saw that there are now there are now seniors that are skipping their senior year yep. in whatever sport to go get ready for college. Come on, that's killing it too because that that's yep. name image and likeness there because they're saying, hey, you know, you skip your senior year we can get you this or whatever to kind of compensate for that i don't, I don't know that it, we're getting into a really deep problem with as uh-huh. with as wild as a west as this is it's starting to bleed into other areas that is not cool at all
0: <laughs> and we still have no answers so that's something to Again, pay attention, the
1: attention to the attitude of the ncaa
0: correct and I, I would love, though, at some point to to get into the discussion about how it's hurting high school kids and maybe hear from people who are closer to these recruiting situations mm-hmm. than even what we are. So we might right. work on that this summer. Um,
1: That's a great idea, mister.
0: <laughs> Look at that. We're having our own producing meeting. That's right.
1: That's right. So, yeah. People are watching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to hit the halftime break.
1: You are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and StreamYard. I'm Richie, a.k.a. Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're
0: the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off.
1: Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Richie. And I'm little Matt. And here in the 500 Section Lounge, we are three dads who host a family-friendly weekly podcast. Yep, we laugh, we go on tangents, and we talk to great guests. Tangents? I, I don't know what you're talking about with that. You know, there are gases leaking. Uh, from- all right, all right, okay. Yeah, we have legendary conversations from sports to history and everything in between. So be on the lookout for what we do next. And always be there to grab a listen. listen. tweet <laughs> what was that sound i was doing something else and i couldn't get to the tweet so uh the whistle blow so <laughs> or, is that better <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's so funny too my mind is completely changed i hear tweet i don't think of a sound effect anymore i was no. like what was that <laughs> Great. Okay, we're starting oh. off the second half. The second half on the right now. Look, I can't even talk. So we're, right. we're really we're really That's flying okay. here. Um, got a couple <laughs> of different topics I want to throw at you here in this this uh, second half in the third quarter. Um, one, speaking of player movement in college basketball, big mm-hmm. news in Indiana uh, yesterday. Race Thompson is coming back for yet another he did decide year. Decide to
1: come back though.
0: Yeah, so it's big, big news, and, and we've seen that now across the country. Armando Baycott <laughs> at North Carolina is heading back to stay a Tar Heel,
1: which is really surprising year. to me.
0: Well, and and you know, part of it, and I don't necessarily want to throw a hundred percent weight into this being the reason why, but this is where NIL helps to change some things, in, in part because. Armando Baycott's looking at being a, a maybe mid to late second round draft pick if he goes in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's not necessarily guaranteed for a, a huge career or a guaranteed for a big contract. You could stay, build on your legacy. Like that's the thing, right? Like you stick around. You have another great year, your senior season. It's it's probably the most anticipated in Chapel Hill since, what, Tyler Hansbro coming back for a yeah, senior it year? It has
1: to be because, like, I thought he put enough in in stock to – in his stock during that tournament to show that he would be, you know, a, a, a good draft pick, and the fact that he's still that low just is surprising to me. So, yeah, yeah I could see him you know, get that comparison because it took Hansborough coming back to be able to get up as high as he did, I think he was in in the lottery. I think he was a lottery pick. Wasn't he like top fourteen picks? I'm
0: I'm actually not so sure. But, well, might it's not important, that. but yeah, <laughs> but well, and, and my point wasn't necessarily comparing them on the court, just in terms of fan anticipation. Like, oh,
1: yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: To me, there's something to be said for legacy. And these young players have these opportunities. Baycott's in a position right now; he can build onto his legacy. He walks back to Chapel Hill any point in his life, and the guy will be adored and loved. And that's something you pass on when you enter early. I mean, that's that's just a thing that's that's part of the give and take, naturally, of this. Right.
1: And and you know, and I think that's where, like you mentioned, nil does come into to play for the good
0: because it helps. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse
1: me. Yeah, because it helps bring those kids. It gives them the ability to make money, and not have to claim hardship to go make millions or hundreds of thousands, whatever they come out to get in the NBA. Because you miss out on a ton of things that that are that you grow. You know, like memories. I have memories from college when I was in the dorms that I still remember vividly to this to this day. And if it was because I got to spend so much time in college now i won't get into how long because normally a four-year degree doesn't take as long as i took but what's the tommy
0: boy reference yeah
1: we <laughs> <Ooh>, shade <laughs> under a decade <laughs> <laughs> i actually put that on my graduation announcement because i did take a break in there like a couple year break in between but like all told years in uh, from start from out of high school till i graduated was like 9 years I think and I think I put ooh just under a decade <laughs> in my in my graduation announcement too so <laughs> but yeah I mean those memories and and if Beka can make enough money and I it, it is so weird saying if he can make enough money to stay in school absolutely he should because these will be memories that you'll never get if you jet
0: and and think too like in East Lansing, Cassius Winston leaves after a four-year career. Cassius Winston will never have to buy another drink in East Lansing for the rest of his life. Correct, correct. You know what I mean? Like, the it it, it the, his legacy, he can walk back. Mateen Cleaves walks back now to East Lansing all the time, comes to games, still adored. Fans mm-hmm. are just gush whenever he grabs the microphone. Like, there's something to be said for legacies and whatnot. But anyways, going back to where we started with the Big Ten, Bryce Thompson comes back. He averaged 11 points, about eight rebounds a game this year. That's a big boost in Bloomington. Um, I have to wait and see kind of what else happens. I know Trace Jackson Davis declared for the NBA draft. And and a lot of people do uh, and and maintain their eligibility and come back. I think Trace is gone, I think, if I remember reading that note correctly. Do they
1: have to make special note that they're keeping their eligibility?
0: Um, Yes. I know they
1: used to anyways, and with the fact now that they can – basically interact with agents now even when they're not declared i didn't know if there was a reason for them to actually say but i'm maintaining my eligibility
0: yeah and so most put that out there like uh, keegan murray's chris brother chris murray um entered in but is maintaining his his collegiate eligibility so and and it makes i don't
1: understand what the point of declaring or saying you're keeping your eligibility just because of the the whole nil thing anyways
0: well and and I suppose the point bigger on the player perspective is about going and and getting the feedback because you declare for the NBA draft, you get to talk to scouts, you're Mm -hmm. talking to coaches, you talk to everybody, and a lot of them are telling you, hey, look, we like this about your game. This part is kind of holding you back. Like this is what we want to see. And then you go back and you have have now counsel – heading into your next year of play you know what you need to do if you want to get to that step
1: and honestly that is a great move mm-hmm. allowed to to happen you know because you can talk to these scouts and and i know they're uh, eric hunter jr from purdue's doing the same thing yep he you know he's gonna find out where he needs to improve and then if he does or doesn't come back to purdue uh, because i don't he didn't enter the portal so if he comes back right now at least he's at Purdue but uh he has things to I can give him one hold on to the ball how about that <laughs> don't make dumb passes how about that not a salty <laughs> Purdue I, fan at all I like Eric Hunter Jr. though I do I, I do like him they just yeah anyways a
0: good qualifier to throw at the end of that
1: <laughs> um, oh, true I do like him <laughs>
0: Um, but I, I do, I I do think it's going to be big to continue to pay attention and we'll keep uh, up to date as we move along here in the summer with uh, some of the players that are returning around the big 10, especially with the NBA draft coming up in about two months. Um, but something I wanted to talk with Sam about here, and this was not on the prep sheet, the rundown, so throwing them for a bit of a curve.
1: I don't have the, the, the little banner for it then. Great.
0: It's true. So you'll just keep our Twitter handles where you can follow us if you're looking at us. Follow
1: us. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, But Sam, I don't believe we've really had this conversation, but uh, you're a baseball fan into the spring sports. Mm -hmm. Do you follow Big Ten baseball softball? Uh,
1: I do a little. Uh, It's not a it's not a ton, um, honestly. Uh, here in the past couple of weeks, I haven't, I've fell really short on, on doing it because at one point I know Purdue was like undefeated and now I don't think that they got, I saw they got swept by Illinois. So I know yep. they're not undefeated still. <laughs> yep. It's true. Um <laughs> So I do a little, but not, not a ton yet.
0: So one of the things I wanted to bring up here and, and we'll talk a little bit maybe baseball softball as we go on here we're a month away from the big 10 softball tournament uh i'm not exactly sure the date on baseball tournament i think it's around the same time um but when we get to those we'll talk about those a little bit here on the show but one thing i wanted to bring up here is i go to a lot in and work in different aspects softball baseball big 10 games Mm -hmm. and something that really bothers me this time of the year, look, we live in the Midwest. We know what it is—a ton of rain. Some days it's sleet. Some days it's twenty degrees. You never some really days know. Snow. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it, and it's quite frank. Sometimes, what it is—the mm-hmm. fact that we have not found a way to push the schedules later in the year, even though that doesn't sync up with the the rest of the the scholastic model in schedule. this is it, we're, we're playing games in February. We're trying to play games in the Midwest in February. actually we're, all of those go down to the Carolinas and Florida
1: so for spring breaks games. and stuff like that yeah.
0: and then they try and come back in March and play these games. To me I I have I, like I said I've seen a lot of these baseball and softball games. The crowd size to me is dependent on one thing the weather.
1: Is it sunny and is it warm?
0: Yeah. I mean, and and to be honest, like I've seen some games where on the weekend, a nice day, stands were completely full Mm -hmm. because you had community come out. You had some little league teams come out and and watch and support. and, And it's a nice day to spend at the ballpark. Right. But when it's bad weather. There's no interest in going to the game and sitting out there. So to me, you're really killing the product. And I'm not I I don't believe this is the Big Ten's fault. I think this is a part of the NCAA um, and a part of a not so willing to cooperate by other conferences that maybe live in warmer areas.
1: Well, here's here's a question. And this might lend to solving this is it possible to have the Midwest teams come into some sort of an agreement with schools that are in the more warm areas to where like, let's say for, for lack of a better Michigan state, it's flipping freezing in March in East Lansing. You know, they come to an agreement with like middle Tennessee state or something to where they could play their March home games in Tennessee to where it's more palpable to playing march baseball
0: and you're not i see what you're saying there's a couple (laughs) things a it would it would probably kill a budget because you'd have to have housing and living arrangements there for for weeks on end Mm -hmm. um you wouldn't be able to attend classes doing that
1: sure you could You. you, there's one thing we've (laughs) learned during the during covid (laughs) is you can do classes remotely it's maybe not the most perfect, but it is possible to do classes where they're doing remote and it could be the same professor even. And, but also the,
0: the other point to it is we don't ask any other sport to give up their home. You're
1: You're absolutely right. I'm just trying to think of something because you're right. You're not going to get, you're not going to get conferences letting them move the start of the season back three weeks. All of a sudden, there's less off days. There's st- there's double headers scheduled, double headers, not just rescheduled double headers, and that can decimate a program's pitching staff if if you put too much into one one point. You know, I mean, granted, the major leagues do it, but you also know that a pitcher from college is at least one to two years, if not longer, out from the MLB to where they're readying their arms more to, for that long haul you jam they play close to 60 games don't they for a season in baseball, college mm-hmm. baseball you you take three weeks out of that and shove everything still into there it's not gonna work well so that, and... that was what i was thinking with maybe you know having colleges have a reciprocal uh agreement of some sort you know to be able to to do that i don't know
0: well in in and... I, I see what you're saying, but like, why don't we just play the championship instead of June, August? I, we're the playing draft. the world series in November.
1: <laughs> well, the but draft. you know,
0: baseball's as goofy as anything with the draft. Well, yeah,
1: You've got kids that are playing in the college world series. And he was the third round pick of the Atlanta Braves. Right. Yeah. We're playing baseball. All
0: right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like to me, that would help. Mm-hmm grow the games of college baseball and softball because you see some of the crowns down in the South and the SEC. I mean, they, they love their college baseball and college softball here in the North on a nice sunny day. you get a pretty nice attendance. You get a nice turnout, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's like regionally, the sport is being choked and stranglehold by the weather. But, but like that's something that if you wanted to grow the brand and grow the game, you would want to adjust, I would imagine, unless you just love the idea that you're in a warm area and players want to come play for you in the warm area because they can play at home. They don't have to travel for the first five weeks of the season and, and try and play in these other ballparks and to fit these yeah. games. In. Like playing in warmer states is clearly an advantage and more attractive for mm-hmm. players.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I, it's a, uh, it, it's hard. That's why I'm sure. That's why you don't see a Midwest team in from the Big Ten, let's say, as a national. Like, shoot, when was a lot? I mean, IU was in there when Kyle Schwarber played for him. But when was I mean, before that, you don't see a Big Ten team actively in the World Series pool.
0: Not often, Hardly. but Michigan Very was often. a couple of years ago. Michigan
1: so, too. Fair. Yep, yep. So I mean, but yet it makes news. Like, the, people talk about it, especially in the college baseball world. They're like, oh, and we've got the representative from the Big Ten. You know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because while you do get players that, that come out and, and become good pros in your in your programs, they don't, they're not as, I mean, they're not as prevalent than they are from LSU, Tennessee, you know, those those warm weather places, you know.
0: But I, I did want to bring that table to or bring that conversation to the table because yeah. I, I think the the Big Ten baseball softball is it, it, it's doing great. I'm not trying to say it's not a great product. My point just is if you' right. got the, the hands off of its neck and let it breathe, that okay. maybe this product could grow even further. And yeah, right, I don't
1: if, disagree at all.
0: You're you're being choked by the weather. You can't change that, but maybe you can change the schedule and change when you're playing these games on the calendar. That's that's what I wanted to throw out. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and but I just like you mentioned though, you don't see other conferences that are don't have this issue being open to move the the schedule. They're just not going to. They've already got Thank it you. really nice. They're no if it ain't broken, don't fix it. In their mind, it yeah. ain't broke to them.
0: Don't you don't need to share the the top of the ladder with? They're yeah, just fine by yeah. themselves.
1: You're but, okay yeah. getting every recruit basically that doesn't <laughs> have a tie to the Midwest or anything, you know, yep. or even you know, or whatever, you know. Uh, we don't have to share. Why would we? All so right, let's uh, poll poll question. We got the poll question.
0: Oh, what do we have here?
1: Well, uh, you suggested, and I went with. Uh, what was your favorite moment from this past NCAA or NCA? Sorry, guys, got to keep <laughs> the integrity uh, to the NCAA basketball season. We've got four choices, Ooh. and as always, if you don't see your choice, comment below with your cho- with your uh, choice. We've got Rutgers beating then a buzzer beater the, against uh, number one Purdue. I was Big Ten tourney run, Saint Peter's Elite Eight run or UNC ending coach K's run. Those Ooh, are the four options or if you have a different one, put it in the comments.
0: This is interesting. So, as somebody with an interest in MSU athletics, um if I were to pick a Michigan State moment, it's also at Purdue's demise, uh Tyson <laughs> Walker's three-pointer to to knock off the Boilermakers. But for the they whole They weren't
1: number 1 though. They were guy. not,
0: you're right but it was boy a much needed win at that point in the year for Michigan State that was really really solidified that,
1: that they were going to be in the tournament It was pretty positive yeah. they were going to be yep. but that sealed the deal
0: yep you're you're spot on um boy that rucker shot and the celebration of storming the court that see see to me Here's where I get a little bit distinctive on this. Like St. Peter's Elite Eight run, I'm looking at and pointing here on my screen that you can't really see Uh, (laughs) my finger wagged behind it. Um, But that to me symbolizes and represents what is amazing and so great about March Madness. The Rutgers buzzer beater over number one Purdue symbolizes and represents to me what is so great about college basketball. You had a home crowd crowd everybody's in there wanting to knock off number one for the first time in school history. And the shot goes in from an improbable distance by Ron Harper jr. And immediately people, you could see the the cell phone videos that everybody had. They come running down the bleachers and they all party together. And you can see in that moment, it's like telepathic between everybody there on the floor. This is a moment that not a single person will ever forget that was involved with it. That's what's amazing about college basketball. And where were they,
1: Dalton? College.
0: (laughs) Going back to that point, yeah. I've
1: told you the story about when we stormed the field after we ended the uh, nation's longest home losing streak at Ball State. You know, we tore down the goalposts. I will remember that. Forever. Forever.
0: It's been, what, 50, 60 years, and you still remember Correct, right.
1: Like it was yesterday. (laughs)
0: but, but in, in the St. Peter story is awesome. It's great. That's what's great about March Madness, but there is a difference about what is, what makes peak college basketball and what makes peak March Madness. And I think that's the difference between those.
1: Wow. You, you just annihilated every other possibility, I think. (laughs) Well, But, but but if you, if you look at these options, there's only one that I'm not somewhat related to in this, At being a Purdue fan, though, Purdue got beat by Rutgers. They were, they got beat by Iowa in that tourney run and they got beat by St. Peters to get to the Elite Eight. I go with D.
0: (laughs) Purdue was the necessary step for every other team's success this year. Like it was, that's how it just unfolded.
1: Well, and you never know how they match up uh, if Purdue and UNC go together in the the, uh, Elite Eight. So, Purdue was, I mean, not saying they would have won, but hmm. have, Never uh, know. Through,
0: through our five stages of grief. Have you, uh, have you finished through yet? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we were I've working on that it. together. It. Earlier. I've
1: accepted okay. it. I'm, I'm not bitter about it anymore. It's just is it just is <laughs>
0: <laughs> good enough. So everybody <laughs> let us know on Twitter and uh, we'll, we'll get back to some of those next week. We'll read off some of our favorite moments. Um, let's go to the fourth
1: quarter. Yep. <laughs>
0: All right, fourth quarter, this is the section of the show where we bring you our headlines, something that's stuck out to us throughout the last week. And as Sam goes jumbo on your screen, if you're listening on the audio platform, just imagine me minimized off the side. And, and Sam Just is a little far. guy.
1: <laughs> put, you, put you in my pocket.
0: <laughs> Sam is large and a charge there in front of the screen. Sam Sentinel, what do we got?
1: Well, today is, uh, it's uh, it's titled Irrelevant. Okay. Question mark. Okay. So we're coming up on the NFL draft here within the next couple of weeks. And it's, it's, it's evolved from a two day thing, a Saturday, Sunday, where just wall to wall NFL draft to a Thursday, or is it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Is that what it is? It's not Thursday, Friday. I think, Friday, it's, Saturday,
0: I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay.
1: So, so yeah, that's what it is. Whatever. <laughs> Do you need four days? Yeah. But, anyways, uh, when it comes to the draft, there is a specialty pick at the end of the draft. It's the Mr. Irrelevant draft pick, which is the last person taken in the draft. He's called Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, I looked at some crazy drawn out uh, seven round mock drafts, which, you know, by the time you get to five, six, and seven, I don't know how you could even fathom that you're going to come close to it. But uh professional football projects San Francisco with a 262nd pick to take Ronald Williams uh the second, a tight end from UT Martin. Okay.
0: Okay, he's
1: a graduate student. He is 6'4, 235 from Memphis, Tennessee. His career at Tennessee Martin or uh yeah, at Tennessee Martin. Is that right? Yeah. Oh look. It's it's UT is is yeah it's uh it's Tennessee Martin. Yep, you're right. Uh, 99 receptions. Couldn't you have done one more thing to get him <laughs> that hundred? Come on, guys. But 99 receptions, 1217 yards, seven TDs. So not not anything to shake a stick at. Not great. He's not. I mean, but but you wouldn't shake a stick at it. And I don't know why you'd shake a stick at anything. But that's the <laughs> saying. At least in the Midwest, it is. Uh but let's talk about what mr irrelevant gets my good lord i can remember uh some things to where you know they they got a jersey or whatever that had the specialty number on it Mm -hmm. and there's actually an organization now called mr irrelevant incorporated or something then they throw a week-long celebration to the person that gets the last or that is picked last they get a vacation they get um uh, let's see here great podcasting sam jeez Louise. <laughs> um they get a uh, one one guy got a puppy i mean they they now are making it a big deal and 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 it was started by a, a guy that that was the last pick in the draft at one point and he started this organization who he's now if he hasn't passed this was a couple years ago that uh He's 95 or 6, but uh, I'm trying to find his name. Jeez. Paul Salatas. Okay. He was the last pick in the draft. He played at USC. Uh, But the point is, is they call him Mr. Irrelevant because they want everybody, and they throw this big thing for them uh because they want everybody to know that every pick matters this guy if he does indeed frank williams uh the second or rodney williams frank williams i don't know where i got frank (laughs) rodney williams the second if he gets picked he's not only got all this all these accolades thrown upon him because of where he was drafted but he also is a graduate student he's got a degree he's got Mm -hmm. two degrees from a university so he's going to be successful no matter what he does and uh I don't think it's irrelevant, you know, when you you put a spotlight on somebody uh, for for being the last pick in the draft. So I, I I am always, if there's one draft pick I I make sure to look at, it's that one. I don't know why. I, you know, it's all over the place. So-and-so was picked Mr. Irrelevant. There have actually been a few pretty decent Mr. Irrelevance. And there's even a 30-for-30 uh, 30 30 short on John Tuggle, who was the last pick by the giants in bill parcells uh, tenure as the giants coach and uh, great story but uh he, he made the team he, he was successful after one season and then uh got cancer and ended up uh uh passing away but the the, the impact was the thing you know he had a big impact on the giants and bill parcells still talks about him uh in a great way so mr irrelevant I don't think it's irrelevant. That's the same as that style.
0: I like it. I like yeah. it very much. I I didn't realize the week long vacation or the puppy. That's a... Yeah.
1: what a what a deal, right?
0: Yeah, no kid. <laughs> I did you it, see? It,
1: essentially, this whole this whole thing too. It says he can request anything. So if he wants to learn to surf, they'll have surfing there for him. Or, you know, lessons for him. If he wants to, you know, basically, if he's a single dude, they'll have a bunch of single. You know, people there for that person to meet if they want. What? Like they set it up to where it's it's celebrating that person.
0: That's wild, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Um, uh, speaking of puppies too, and and we were talking about Duke last segment. Um, did you see what happened to Coach K?
1: No, what happened?
0: They they were recognizing the team, and John Shire was talking at the podium and was saying, you know, we we thought what would be really cool uh, for you. And, and now that you got all this time on your hands, you need somebody else to train.
1: <laughs> they got him a puppy, didn't they? And they gave
0: him a puppy. It looks like a chocolate lab. There's a video of it on Twitter. Go find oh, I'm that. going to have to find that. Yeah. And, and it's just this adorable <laughs> little puppy. And Coach K's holding it and makes him wave his paw. And it's just the cutest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but apparently, I, I some Duke fans brought some light to it because I was sitting there at first. I'm like, Oh, how adorable. And I thought, oh, what if what if he didn't want a puppy? Like what if he's how- allergic
1: <laughs> to dogs?
0: And and so I was like, oh boy, that's uh that's a tough gift to give. Um
1: it's either a home run or a strikeout. There's no in-between there.
0: Correct. And uh <laughs> it turns out he's had dogs, and he had a dog named Blue that passed away about a year ago, and he had said in retirement he wanted another one. So some Duke fans on social media kind of brought that up and were like. Okay. No, it makes that sense. is that is cool. Like that yeah. was neat. So that yeah. since we're talking about puppies, I figured I'd throw that in there because that was a cool <laughs> moment that happened.
1: Right. Um
0: All right, let's we'll go with the Dalton Daily. Um I wanted to talk about umpires and I'm not going to be the one who starts to to rail against the the boys in blue or the the men in stripes or the, or the women in stripes or any of the officials. I want to highlight because there's a couple of different events that have happened in the past week or so that really need to be brought to attention. In Mississippi, there's a female umpire who's making her way after a game uh, back to her vehicle, and she was assaulted in the parking lot. She was punched in the eye. She shows a picture of, of her face and in, in the after effects, and she had to go get care taken of for that. There was an umpire viral video on Twitter down in Texas He disagrees. Uh, A coach comes out, disagrees with the call from the umpire, must have said something to the umpire. And the umpire threw him out and the coach then pushed him over by his neck and and threw him onto the ground right in front of a Little League baseball game, uh, assaulting the umpire. So you have two instances that go rather viral in this past week. And, And mind you, I'm not out looking for any of this. Those two instances come across my timeline because they're such big deals. Right. And then you have, at least in Indiana, again, not looking for any of this. I found two or three games that were canceled this past week because, and it was high school games, JV games, because they can't find umpires. Mm-hmm. They cannot find umpires to work the games. So games are actively being canceled. And folks, what, what I want to bring to the table here is we have such a, and and we've we've done this for years we have such a toxic culture and behavior uh and and flat out disrespect towards officials can some officials really just blow it yes they can 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 you disagree with them yes you can absolutely disagree with them but the disrespect and and assault we're not even talking borderline we're not talking about an opinion or a frustration it's a full fledged assault it has got to stop not only because it's disgusting to watch a human do that to another human for especially something as small as a game, but we're talking about now, Sam, you have kids. Mm -hmm. There's probably going to be a day soon where you go to a ball game and have to get back in the car and head right back home because nobody's working. Because why would somebody want to be an umpire right now? It doesn't pay a lot. You're Mm -hmm. disrespected. You're put on full blast. Uh, you're, you're risking assault, apparently, whether you're on the field or trying to get back to your car after a game because somebody disagrees with you, whether you were right or wrong in making the calls that you tried to make. Uh, folks, we have got to cut the head off the snake in terms of toxic behavior because you're starting to choke the life out of prep sports and kids that that, uh, of course, we know how impactful sports are. Athletics is in terms of the life lessons it teaches you and teamwork resilience, getting through adversity, all those different things. Kids are not going to have those lessons given anymore. They're not going to have the experiences of playing at ball diamonds. And I don't mean to make it sound like apocalyptic and and doomsday, but (laughs) if we continue to to make it set like this for these umpires, we're going to have less and less umpires around, which means less and less games to be played. We're going to be killing experiences for the youth in our country. So folks, please do better. And if you see something like this, help speak up because this is, it's a, a crime, but it's also a crime for the future of prep sports in America.
1: Yeah, and if you think, uh, and th- this is not cliche at all, but sometimes those sports are the only safety some kids have. Yep, And if there's no, officiating available they've got to cancel then those kids have two hours of doing whatever yep or they might have a coach that's very influential yep they get to spend two hours with somebody that that is a big influence in their life now that's been taken like Uh, if you not to not to mention sorry uh not to mention it allows them that game time to fine-tune their their talents
0: yep there are there are so many in in a you have so many great memories and fun experiences from playing. Like if you've been in athletics, Mm -hmm. you have so many lessons and so many intangible lessons that it's hard to really describe to somebody who never was a part of athletics, Mm -hmm. like exactly what it is you gain as a person from playing in sports. But all of that, that helps mold you as a young person help mold me as a young person, that type of stuff like is going to start dwindling. If we don't take care of the human beings that really take care of the games themselves.
1: For sure. And, and something that, you know, I, and I as a parent luckily have been able to coach for as long as I have. And I understand the value of my kids being on a team. Now I coach two of them, but the other two, I don't, I still know what that coach is going through. Well, here's, here's what parents need to understand. You're not winning a national championship, a state title, a sectional title, whatever title you think you're going to get to at some point, you're not winning it at the youth sport level. Right. There are two things that you're accomplishing. You're getting them the love of the sport and you're getting them some social interaction and and having fun. Yep. Don't, don't. (laughs) Those officials are getting paid maybe 15 bucks a game Mm -hmm. for two hours worth of their time. Even if they're getting paid 30. That's still under what a lot of people are demanding minimum wage to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're not professional. Mm-hmm. They haven't gone and gotten certified at many of these levels. A lot of places cannot afford to buy certified official or pay for certified officials. Correct. They're too expensive. So you offer 25 bucks to a, to a dad that doesn't have a kid in that game or whatever, or to a high schooler. They're going to, they should know the rules, the basic rules. Absolutely. But they've gotta, they've gotta, just like, just like your players, they practice and then they fine tune and show off what they know to this point in games. Umpires don't have, or referees don't have that. Yep, they've got to fine tune and show what they know in the heat of interaction, competition. Yeah, competition. No, so they don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna make mistakes. You can be not happy about a mistake. I, Dalton, yes. when I was coaching junior high football, I one time told an um, a referee that him and his his crew completely blew a call, and they need to pull their heads out of where the sun doesn't shine. But I said it in a nice enough way. He clapped his hands and said, "We will, coach. We'll get it right next time." You can respect an official and still disagree with them.
0: Correct. Absolutely. And 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 I hope who, everybody listening doesn't interpret as you can't say anything. You can't like real dialogue, real conversation exists, but you cannot be assaulting human beings. No,
1: that, that, uh, that is so disappointing because the kids are going to learn that from the parent. Yes. And uh, my, my dad or mom doesn't respect that official. Why should I, I've seen a video of where uh, a little league baseball team didn't like the the umpire's ways of calling and i don't know if it was from the coaches uh like the coach telling him. but they pitcher wound up and threw a fastball the catcher moved out of the way hit the umpire squarely in the gut and i'm like those kids that, that if it came from the coach coach should be gone forever
0: yeah. <laughs> folks if if we keep crapping where we eat like we're, we're gonna, we're gonna be having to pay the piper real soon when it comes to prep sports. I mean, just point period.
1: You're absolutely correct.
0: I I remember playing and and basketball was really my, my sport in the game that I love, but I would talk with my mom about, you know, officials and, you know, this one really messed up the call during the game. And she said, you know what? It doesn't matter. You don't, you don't get to say a thing. She said, if you, if I ever catch you Saying something to the official, she goes, "I will come down and pull you off by the ear." Like it was pretty structured. In like, <laughs> okay, I stay away. And I've, I remember,
1: I've, well, go ahead, keep going.
0: Oh, I remember an official uh, messing, like in in my perception, messing up a call on me during a game, and I was so frustrated with it because it was so so not. <laughs> it was so grossly not. And I remember walking away, and nobody could see me. No official could see me. And I rolled my eyes because I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm mad, but I I need to recollect. And my mom saw me roll the eyes and she wagged a finger at me from the stands. And I'm like, (laughs) he didn't even see, like, (laughs) I'm just mad, but no. uh, And and my point overarching being, we have got to start respecting officials or else, I mean, we're, we're going to see consequences for it. Not just from uh, these physical instances, but we have got to, encourage and give somebody a reason to officiate games, especially when they're doing it right now, not for the money, but just to really help right. out, give back to games. I mean, that's, yep. that's the motivation many have. Um, but yeah, anyway, and,
1: and I uh, took piggyback off of that. I've told my, my, my boys, you know, if I'm not coaching, you know, wh- why are you mad at that call?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because
1: the, the umpire got it wrong. I said, what was the call? And they'd tell me, I'm going you know why it was the right call? and they're like no because the umpire said so (laughs) it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not the umpire made that call it doesn't matter yep but i can guarantee you that most umpires will hold it against you if you outwardly show that they're wrong or you think they're wrong okay since you're pitching you have a coffee can for a strike zone (laughs) now
0: it's true it's true
1: um think about think about what you're doing when you react
0: all right, as we get ready to wrap up and say <laughs> goodbye, uh, Sam, where can the fine folks find us?
1: Well, if you're watching, you can see up at the top, we have uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, a website. Uh, the website is oddpodsmedia.com. Uh, we're part of the oddpods Pod, Odd Media Network, and uh, there's a stable of shows. Our family is big there. Uh, you can find us there. You can go to Big Ten Plus Four on Facebook or on Twitter at Big Ten, spell out plus, then the number four then you can find us individually on uh twitter uh just look at our handle there at the bottom of the screen or it's at sam Springer one or at dalton shetler and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and we do stream on asap network thank you asap
0: all right that's it's a loaded loaded platform yeah. A lot of different ways you can get to us. Um, But that will do it for this week from us here at Big Ten Plus Four. That's Sam Sprunger. I'm Dalton Shetler, and thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week. See
1: you later.